So at the end of that, they conclude this. Jema sunum tu chende, kanda chaba tsamyin, simjujuzu rabuntawa, simjengyen kyujishi khos. And lelenji den nazojis. Then the semba, pangdeshi, semba yiji leyino. Even that, uh, this is the, 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 the root text of um, metaphysics. So the karma is always very much connected with the mind. And when you go in the karmic system, out of, it, out of those 52 mental faculties, all the karmic systems, systems are fall as mind. Not the principal mind, uh, as a mental faculty mind. Simpson, Tushu Mother, the Tushu Mangu, Chishas. Bodhisattva of the Chaya Avatar said, Chaya Avatara said, Activity, among all the activities, one should have the activity of protecting one's mind and watching one's mind. The other activities, what the use of doing other activities. I mean, there may be use of doing other activities, but sort of giving so powerful, sort of watching mind and uh, training mind and controlling mind, uh, it has become how important it is. The other activities are not, I mean, what do you do with that sort of thing. So another word is what is really trying to tell you is uh, out of all practice, the most important practice is the training of the mind. The training of the mind meaning the trained mind means what 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 our minds have habit today. What is the habit of our mind? And if you let it go as it is, without any check or control, and then what happens? Like those four brothers, son of kings, and when they let it go, everything just totally engage themselves for a drinking, and then what happens to them? The choice is only two: either let the country go to dark, or the father has to make a decision and they kick the sons out. Right? I mean, even that's in the olden days. I mean, nowadays we may have more choice, but. Olden days, that's what it is. So, and similarly, the karma also works the same way. So, when we spend our time without knowing anything, without having any mind, without acknowledging, without knowing what we are doing, the hour runs, the clock clicks all the time. You have no idea how the hours go. You have no idea how the day is gone. We have, we have no idea how weeks gone, how months gone, how year gone. Even this 94, you know, it's already in February today. And without realizing how it goes. And particularly in the West, and particularly in the United States, because, you know, the, the, the economic system or the, or the social system, whatever it is, it is, it is built against how to pass it, how to push the time. I mean, actually, 
how to push the time and how to get the maximum benefit out of people who pass the time. I mean, the, the, the people who set up those, for them the benefit, most benefit is only count on terms of economic benefit. And they don't count anything else, right? So what happened is, uh, I mean, actually, if you look up how our social functioning, the whole thing is based our economy in terms of money and dollar. And uh, let it run uh, by through the system of give and take, pay and uh, receive, and uh, then the billing system, and uh, getting it all of them. Uh, I mean, in reality, in reality, I mean, you cannot, I mean, this is relative truth. I'm not denying that. But when you go in the absolute, it is nothing, right? But somehow, in reality, they build it so way, in such a way, so that make everybody a sort of this, this big machinery, the machine which automatically moves. And when everybody, whether you like it or not, you have to go within that. We have to keep yourself absolutely busy and fight against the time, run with the time. Time goes so fast without realizing, yet you have not built up enough money to be to, one should be able to build up. Never, never enough build. And we do that in our so- social life. And uh, we have to make ourselves busy. We have to do all this. Anyway, so, so that's how it is the geared towards the total life. And if you don't do it, and either you have to be crazy or you have to be almost outcast, though they don't call it outcast, luckily. Everybody is in that, but somehow that's, that's what it is. And that is how it's built up. So as a result of this, what happened is they, they, we don't notice and we do not notice much of our mind. We do not notice much of our activity. We somehow put our all, uh, all intellectual, physical wisdom, enthusiasm, um, everything was focused on something and sort of you are sucked in or pushed in that. So, so what happened is the principally in our normal sort of, you know, the normal thing what's happening is we don't really recognize much. So there's no so much time for us to recognize what our minds are through. There's no time for us to watch whether we have been positive or negative. And then number one, even if we have time to try to do it, and then there's another thing called ignorance. We don't know what a positive is, what a negative is. Even our positive will limit it to look in some kind of the, the material wealth or prosperity. And we probably look that as a positive rather than positive karma, which can really give us a positive life. And rather than that, we look for. And on the other hand, on the other hand, the karmic thing is also so delicate, so sensitive, 
and it counts everything. They don't miss it. And that particular machinery or the mechanical or electronic, whatever it is, doesn't go out of order at all. It runs for 24 hours with everybody. Like our body and the body auto. That was the old example. Today you can use the deodorant, you can change it, but the traditional example is, huh? as the traditional old example they give is body and the body odor. And your, your body has smell, right? And you can't change that. In olden days, 2,500 years ago, and today there's a deodorant, also you can change that, but anyway. Uh, but that's it's like that. And then also the another example they give in the body and the body shadow. And just like that, it goes all the time. It counts. And uh, somehow that note of I owe you or, or you owe me, whatever it is, it is sort of, a, you know, without any fail. And they sort of did that. They have that. And the, and the account uh sort of without fail they established and they don't have the deadline as the 31st of uh, March or whatever it is they don't have that deadline and they don't have uh, that thing also what you call that HR block people to prepare for you but sort of they're really automatically accounted and uh, the IRS are there you know of course and they come back and get you so that is how coming works. So every single mental attitude we act, it begins to function. Then it's physically acted either through a body or the speech. And then it is done. And the, when it is finished, it is completed. And somehow, it makes the imprint on the individual mind. So then, no matter whatever happens, you may fall from the cliff or carried by a river or whatever happens, if you have the karma to become a king, you become a king. Even you exiled, whatever it is. So like that. And that is, the, uh, that is the how it works. Another example I can give you is um, these names are actually it's called Tunzi. These names are actually it is uh, not necessary. I mean, doesn't make any sense. Anyway, a place called Tunzi, because they're translated from Sanskrit into Tibetan into Mongolian. So, so Tunzi, and where there are a king who always wanted to have a son because the kingdom must continue. That is the old way. So anyway, one day he got a son from one of the queens. And the king was so happy and he distributed 20,000 gold coins. And when he got one son, he distributed 20,000 gold coins to the distributed just freely. So the son is named 20,000. <laughs> so it's called Prince 20,000. So the 20,000 one is a very nice person 
and uh, developed very fast. And when he's becoming about 17, about that time, then Buddha told one of his disciples, and uh, go and impress that 20,000 sun. So the, it happens to be the Mongol Buddha, one of those the, the very powerful magical thing. So the Mongol Buddha meditated, and as he meditated, he said, I don't have any karma with this 20,000 uh, thing. And, but it is the Buddha's order, so Buddha may be knowing something. So the Mongol Buddha meditated, what he lacks most. So by in meditation, he sees this 20,000 likes the sun, you know, the sunshine. And so there are certain kind of religions, they actually worship the sun. So what the Mongol Buddha did, and he sort of manifested himself as, as, as a human being inside, but like the sunshine, you know, the huge sun rays is going around, and standing near his palace. And he looked around, and he said, this is not a son, but what is that? So anyway, he goes and says, are you a god? Or what are you? And he said, I'm not a god, I'm a human being, and uh, the, the, like three or four or five kingdoms away from your kingdom, and there's a kingdom called, whatever that name is, and there's a person called Buddha, Shakyamuni, and I'm his disciple, and then disappeared, then disappeared. So he thought, Buddha, Shakyamuni, and he has a karmic relation with the Buddha. Somehow he liked the name, and he thought it must be a, a god of God, because one of his disciples like this must be a god of God, anyway, uh, sort of thing, and then forgot about it, whole thing, forgot about it for a while. And then one day suddenly he remembers, wow, Buddha, Buddha, what is this? And why is it? What is it? And then Mongol Buddha appeared again there. And then these people had a great food, which the other where the Buddha is, they don't have it. These people have great food. So suddenly he remembered, he said, could you please take the 20 boxes of food for Buddha, whoever that person is? Can you take it for me? And he said, yeah, I'll take it. So he took it in hand, and the Mongol Buddha flew back and took it and gave it, and then gave it to Buddha. And the Buddha eating, and Buddha distributed to the disciples and all this. And by that time, the king, where the Buddha is, came to visit to Buddha, and he saw those food, and he gave to the king some. So the king said, such a food probably must be given by the Indra or Brahman or somebody has offered to you. And Buddha said, no, it is a 20,000. The boy, you heard this boy called 20,000? He said, yes, I heard. And he said, that is his, he sent it. And then this king was very interested to meet that 20,000. And so he sent a message and saying that he's coming there to meet 20,000. So his father worried, because this king is supposed to be a bigger king, one of the bigger kings. And his father is not that big king. So his father worried, and he took the son and said, this big king is coming to see you. So I'm not sure whether it's good or bad. I don't know. I don't think it's better, it's, it's better for us that if he doesn't come this side at all. 
So why don't you go and see him rather than he's coming here. Though he sent a message, he's coming here. So you took, you took some gift and go to see him. So this 20,000 took some kind of uh, pearl necklace and went and saw the king, big king. And on the road, he saw the king and king was happy. He gave that to the king and all this and that. And then he said, did you see Buddha yet? And he said, no, the Buddha, Buddha, Buddha. Oh, yeah, yeah. And one sunshine came and uh, talked to me. And uh, his name is Mongol Buddha. He said, oh, yeah, I know him. So would you like to see Buddha? And he said, yeah, I would. And so they both decided to go and see Buddha, the 20,000. Now this king is bringing 20,000 to see Buddha. So anyway, this long, long story, make it short. The long story, make it short, what happened is, then the the 20,000 saw Buddha, and this king also saw Buddha, and Buddha talked to both of them, and by the time when they're leaving, Buddha said, 20,000 stay a little behind, let the king go. So the king went, 20,000 stayed back, and uh, Buddha gave teachings to the 20,000, and 20,000 became arahad within that day. And as it became so quick like that, within that day, so the disciples of the Buddhas are sure shocked. And they say, hey Buddha, how come this boy is born in such a wealthy and sent you beautiful food through Monge Buddha who's flying in the air anywhere and carrying things. And suddenly he came to see you and become arahad. And uh, what kind of karma is this? And Buddha goes on, and again, long story, there are 12 brothers, and then the one time, it's a big, big, long story. Anyway, it, at, at the end, it ended that uh, one of the previous lifetime, one of the young boys has just given a handful of just ordinary cheap food in one of the Buddha's begging bowl. And as a result of that, the result of that little karma, just giving handful of, handful of, just giving handful of karma, food to that Buddha at that time, and becoming like this today. And not only a wealthy, well-to-do in their lay life, but also in their spiritual life within the day, one can obtain their arahad level. It's all basically Buddha pointed finger to one tiny little karma. Fast growing. If you have that karma, you're bound to meet the result. Whatever may happen. Or karma can destroy. Yeah, that's there. If it's not destroyed, it can be there. So I think I should end this story here. There's an endless story here. So better, better end here. And there's Odiyana, the king of the Odiyana story is very important and very interesting. But there's a very long one. And I think we are covering the storytelling period now because of the four points of the karma we are covering. So the Odiyana story, I'd like to share that with you because I told you the other day, Magidha, the, the, the Buddha's brother, they wanted to kill Buddha, and the one of his son, they agreed that there should be a new Buddha, a new king, and all this. So that, is, that story goes a little beyond that. And uh, that's it. If you have any questions. You mentioned that 
if um, <coughs> conditions are right, then sometimes certain karmas can manifest. Like when he jumped in the river. Um, but that just by like someone's irrational fear, like of water or something, because like maybe they somehow know that they have this karma, so they like have a big fear of this, and then it turns out like they die that way. Because I've heard that like, people are really afraid of something all their life, and they die that way, and it's really a freak thing. Well, probably he has the karma of dying there too. Karma of dying in the river. I mean that's true, and uh, they are like that. And if you have, you know, it depends what the karma is going to need. And some, some people, you know, if they jump in, the, they fall, I mean, they throw him from the cliff into a river, and they didn't die. And there are some person who doesn't have to jump through a cliff in the river, can just put their face in the bathtub and die. I mean, that's very true. It happens. I mean, that really shows how karma works if you look from that angle. And going back to the question, the Gloria and uh, Tony raises, karma is definite, fast growing. One never meets with the karma which one not created, and one meets karma if it's created. And that are principles of the karma. However, karma is a dependent rise. The dependent rise. How karmic functions? The karma is the result and cause combined together. It's called karma, right? The result and the cause together is called karma. You have created the karma, the causal karma, somewhere, sometime, wherever, whenever it might be. The result may be materialize somewhere, sometime, some places. Because it's not going to go like this. You created a karma here and immediately after that you have the result. So it's not, it doesn't become a package. It is, uh, comes separate pieces. Separate pieces. So what happened is, karma is definite, no fast growing, no doubt, all this. However, it is a dependent rise. As a principle of every existence, it is a dependent rise. So, in order to materialize any karma, it also has to have the conditions right. When the conditions are right, it materialized. And when the conditions are not right, it cannot materialize. Even whatever they may be, it cannot materialize. And that's what happens. So whether the conditions are right or wrong, we are not in the position to know. And that's why some people fall in bathtub and die, and some people jump in the river and don't die. It's not the fear. The fear doesn't do anything. If you're afraid of the water, but if you fall, and it's possible you don't die. And if you're not afraid of the water, you jump and you can die too. I mean, that is... Fear has nothing to do. The fear is something else. It is uh, some kind of, um, I hate to say it, but it sort of is, the, it is some kind of the mental perception. And we perceive. I don't mean there's no fear. The fear is there. We perceive. But it's not necessarily to be true. To be true. 
What are you afraid of the most? I mean, nothing will happen like that. And what you are not worried about, not even concerned about it, something will catch you. And that is, the, that is really how it works. The fear has nothing to do with reality. Many times. And a lot of people will like to call it fear is almost like a hallucination or imaginative or they may like to call it. Some people may go to the extreme of leveling that. But that's not true. Fear is there. We're all afraid of something or the another. But the karmic, when you purify negativity, karma, it depends how powerful the purification is. When it becomes perfect powerful, then it washes away. Washes away in this sense. It will never be able to materialize, so the conditions will never be right. So you created some kind of another powerful karma where the conditions of that particular karma which you are purifying will never be able to meet. And that's what how the purification is doing. It, they normally they call it neutralized or something. But what it really does is that the condition will not be able to materialize. And the third person intervention is there too. In your own karma, the third person inter- or the second person intervention is there too. That's very much possible. The powerful persons, and somehow they be able to link your good positive karma here and there. They're able to they're able to manipulate or play the conditions, and that's why we always say there's a room for miracle. There's a room for purification, and that is always because the second or third person intervention. The intervention is not intervented on the karma, but on the connection. Connection between the karma and the condition. And then it sparks off. And that is the the room. Of course, the first person has the best chance. The second person, even third person, fourth person, fifth person. actions of body and speech, what about mind? Mind, we do create a karma, might not be so powerful as that of body and speech act. Like, if you keep on thinking, I should kill this guy, and keep on thinking, kill, 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 but you don't really get killed, you know? You can't kill. By thinking, I'm going to kill, 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 you're not going to kill, right? You're not going to die. So there's a bad thought and bad mind is there, but it did not complete or do anything. Um, but uh, but uh, there are, like, you know, if you look at these uh, ten basic uh, negativities, there are three of them from mind. And these are the mind negativity. They are completed by the mind itself. And that's what happens. That's there. Yeah. If you're um, creating positive karma, you have to sort of come back to receive sort of payback for that. You talked about... <laughs> I owe you, you owe me. Can you nullify positive karma? I mean, if you... What do you mean nullify? Well, okay, if, if you save someone's life or something like that, or you do an extremely good deed, you might have to come back to sort of receive the... You don't have to come back here to receive from that particular person. But you get the result of saving your life somewhere in some life, 
or maybe this life or some some life by somebody else or by that same person or that you get saved not necessarily has to come back to that particular person to save your life for that particular reasons no Karma. I mean, what do you mean karma? I don't mean danger. That it's like you don't really want to create really good karma nor really good bad karma. So that you're you're trying to you don't want to have you don't want to have to receive for doing too much for someone else. It seems like that's my understanding that you can create good karma while you're creating bad karma at the same time. And that you're going to have to, like you said, you'll meet your karma no matter what it is that you do. So you sort of have to. Do you know what I mean? Like you wouldn't want to maybe do too much because then you have to get some... Are you talking about coming out of karma circle? Yeah. Too much for one person? Or talking about liberation. About huh? She's talking about it in the context of liberation, I think. Are you? Right. So that, you know, that I, like instead of constantly being in a circle, you want to sort of be, sort of, you know, not creating any. <laughs> Well, I'm not sure whether not creating anything will liberate or not. Probably not. According to the karma, coming laws, not creating is not the cause of liberation at all. At all, actually. The liberation cause, whatever I know from the Buddhist background, is a total positive karma. The positive karma only can liberate individual and that also with the perfect motivation and perfect motivation if the motivation is just simply to do good might not be a cause of liberation at all i mean it is a totally one's life is dedicated for liberating either self or the others and you are motivated to do that way then every positive action, whatever you take, small or big, whatever it might be, it contributes towards liberating the individual or everybody. And if you just by not doing anything, I don't think it could it liberates at all. Because uh, the positive karma, you become too much positive, the negative will become too much negative, so you have to be balanced and go between. I don't think you find the liberation in that manner. Balancing is great. Nothing wrong with the balancing. But you don't have to balance between positive and the negative. And because the, if you don't have negative, it is better on that line. But what you, what you have to balancing is extreme right and extreme left. I think you balance on that. And that, I'm not referring to the comic thing, just a general thing. But it's a very good thought, very good question. Thank you.